Hello everyone, it's Graham Cove with another My Music. Now, today's interview is quite special because I'm going to be speaking to Molly, but this isn't actually the first time I've spoken to Molly. We tried to do this before. Um, and so some of you might have seen a little trailer for this and anything that's in that trailer will not be in this interview because I'm not doing it again. No, <laughs> that, that's that's daft. So what we're going to do, we're going to play this little video, then we're going to come back, we're going to have a chat, and it's all going to be diverse and lovely. Molly, we got there in the end. Hello. Hello. How <laughs> the here. devilment are you? How the devilment? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting term. Uh, how the devil? <laughs> how how? I sometimes say how the peppermint are you, but and then I combine the two, and then it's how the devilment are you? Oh, okay. Uh, we'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling devilly. Um, cool. I'm also feeling minty. Minty, so, minty, minty devilment. Uh, right, I'm going to start start today by giving you a call. Here we go. Oh my god. Here we go. That's a lovely call. No, I can't hear it. I think you've got like, um, you know, when it cuts out the low volume, make it louder. Oh, I kind of heard it. There we go. Um, I don't know what That's that nice. call is, but that will be in Molly's new song um, when uh, when she learns it. Anyway, it sounded like a, a minor seven, maybe. It's a, a minor seventh, um, G sharp, flat, higher, Yale. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? You just reminded me of that actually many years ago because I, I don't know anything on. I, I, if, if someone asked me like the rudimentary chords on the guitar, like I'll know a G and a D and whatever. And, and once it starts, once your fingers start moving beyond that, I have not a Scooby-Doo's what it is, right? <laughs> and so it's just all of that. And many years ago, I worked with proper musicians in a band. And uh, and then people would ask me, uh, you know, what, what key is that song in? And I would always say Yale, because Yale make keys. And I just feel that that's a, that's a great answer for any, any musician out there. Where, if you haven't got a Scooby-Doo's, just say Yale. That's your bit. That's your comedy bit. It's not even funny. It's just, it's just. <laughs> Doesn't have to be funny. That's your bit. Yeah. It's just what to say, isn't it? If you haven't got a clue. Do I'm you... just honest and I'm like, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Because I don't do you, either. Do you read, do you read music? Do you do all of that stuff? Do you? I could when I was younger, but it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, if it's kind of like a language, if you don't continue doing it, it just, you forget it all. Or at least I did. <laughs> I was just never quick enough, you know. I, I, I think I've said it on here before. I, when I was young, I was tortured into playing the recorder at school. Oh, everyone did the recorder. Oh, yeah, right. But, you know, 
beyond like London's burning, do, 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 which, which is relatively slow. As soon as it sped up past that, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. And so I, <laughs> I just used to sit terrified in assemblies, pretending and miming along. And fortunately, there was a whole group of girls there who were really, really proficient at uh, recorder, really fast. Um, and, and I just like pretended I could play. But it drove yeah. me, I, it actually drove me to, to major anxiety. Um, talking of which, you write a lot of songs about anxiety. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why? I mean, presumably because it's lived experience for you. Um, yeah, but why it's probably more like, it's like a way of getting my anxiety out by writing about it in a way. Because yeah. I don't really like talk to people about my emotions. So that's my way of dealing with my anxiety. So rather than sit in a room with one person having a, you know, a heartfelt chat chat about it or, you that's know. That's uncomfortable. Going, yeah, or going to see a therapist about it or whatever. What you'd rather do is write about it and then stand on the stage in front of a whole load of people and talk about it and and find that a lot of people understand what you're talking about. Yeah, because, like, let's be real, who actually goes to therapy? I feel like that's an American thing. I feel like no one does that here. I also feel like the NHS is so rubbish. Like, it basically doesn't exist, even though it technically does. you stopped yourself from swearing there because... But, but, like, it's when you're on stage and you're talking about it, like, the people that come to my gigs also are really, really, like, full of anxiety. So it's like I'm talking to a group of friends, not random people. So it's comfortable in a way. Like, I I, I wouldn't want to sit in a room and talk to my parents about anxiety, but I'll do it to a crowd. (laughs) It's almost... Yeah, and I love that about your... I love that about the way that you bring it up as a subject at a gig and make people feel instantly comfortable about it. Um, and it's almost, yeah. almost... You are quite funny as well, I think. Um, and you actually... I like the way you kind of almost play with it as well, in that it's like, and here's a song about anxiety. And <laughs> here's another one. <laughs> Yeah. It's three in a row. All about... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. A one day, do you think one day you might throw a curveball and like throw a, you know, throw a uh, a song into your set there somewhere where you go, actually, this one's about, and, and it'd be just completely random and be about something that's, um, no, I don't think you will. I don't think you'll ever write a song about something boring and mundane, really. Oh, well, the thing is, like, I've tried to write songs about other things, but, like, um, I feel like I don't really care a lot about things that um, a lot of people write songs about. Like, I, I, I still write songs about other things, but um, I feel like it's not the songs that I personally resonate the most with, so that's not... So they kind of got left in a folder somewhere and I never put them out and then like the songs that I play and people are like oh I really like resonated with that or like that one was my favorite when you played it because I related to it they're the ones I end up putting out and it's always the ones about like anxiety so 
I, I give the people that. what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first and who's listening makes a really good point, actually. He says that sounds like how most musicians project. They get they gain an audience by projecting what it is that they're feeling inside, etc. And then, you know, Al- Alanis Morissette, which I don't think you spell like that, um, it is a good example. <laughs> that's I actually her haven't cu- heard that's Alanis cousin. Morissette. That's so bad of me as a musician. You haven't um, heard Alanis Morissette? Yes, you no, have. No, no, no. I've heard of her. I don't think I've listened to her music. Well, and... isn't it ironic, <laughs> don't you think? You have heard that. Oh. You have okay. heard. Have you not? Have you never heard? I've heard of Alanis Morissette, but I've not actually sat down and listened to Alanis Morissette. Is what I'm saying. Okay, so the starting yeah. point, the starting point for Alanis Morissette is the classic album "Jagged Little Pill," which is her kind of angst album where she's going through turmoil with relationship and. Um, it's there's some songs on there which are very, very blunt. Let's say that um, about <laughs> how she feels about this particular person that she's breaking up with. Um, mm. So you've got ironic, and you've got things like, uh, "Oh, you've never been a great speller." But some, well, no, no, have I? I don't, we knew what you were talking about anyway. Um, I wouldn't have known that it was spelt wrong. <laughs> Who was a who was an influence for you musically? Um, like the biggest one, or like yeah, who, who's the yeah? Well, yeah, they can be quite a small person, but a big well, influence. Depends what kind of thing we're talking about here, because the the inspiration for me to become a musician, like I'm not gonna lie, do you know who Five Seconds of Summer are? Mm. Do you? I, do, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what I know? I've got a funny story about this, so I'm going to tell my fun, little funny story, okay. and then and then you can tell me about five seconds of summer. My wife's mum, who's now popped off this mortal coil, um, bless her. Um, she died died very young. Um, before she went, the last Christmas that she was around, she brought all of our kids annuals. And she clearly had just gone to a shop and bought all of the annuals that had been reduced in the sale <laughs> and gave them to the various children. And one of them was a five seconds of summer annual, which she gave to one of our lads who's just gone to university now. He's uh, started this year at Bristol. And, it, and we reminisced about it just the other day because he went, I still don't know why nanny bought me that five seconds of i mean he was never into them uh you know so he's more random. i know he's more likely to listen to uh sort of queen or deep purple or something like that that's that's yeah. well, david bowie he's a massive david bowie fan um but nanny bless her heart brought her and brought him the five seconds of summer album so we all know about five seconds of summer from that oh. beautiful little uh publication oh, <laughs> and nice. you're now going to tell me that I would five, have been seconds jealous. Of summer, five seconds of summer did it for you actually so i'm not really that much into them anymore but when i was about 13 i was really obsessed with them and i i always played music as a kid um but i kind of like fell out of love with it from having instrument lessons 
because I didn't like being forced to do it. But um, when I got into a little emo phase when I was like 13, I heard a song by Five Seconds of Summer and I was just like, I need to play this because I really like the song. And that's when I picked up a guitar. Um, so they were like the kind of main influence of um, starting music again and kind of making music. But in terms of like actual inspirations for my music that's out, I would say probably a lot of it is artists like Easy Life, Remy Wolf, mm. um, who else? There's so many, Claro. Um, there's like an endless list. Uh, I literally can't even name them all, but they're probably some of the big ones. Are you more I dream pop. Yeah, I was going to say, and you're more influenced in a way then by people that are slightly to the side. They're not, you know, these are not like mainstay artists for per se. But so you always yeah. look for you always look for something a little bit quirky in in your music that as a listener. Well, I just I wouldn't say that I'm into. I like some artists that are really big, but I genuinely, generally. Um, resonate with um, artists that are a bit smaller because they're not um, I like lyrics that are more like intricate and more about specific topics that would the mainstream wouldn't relate to so that's why the artists that I really love are maybe not as big um, mm. but I, I wouldn't say I'll go out of my way to find quirky music or make my music quirky it's just it just happens artists, that way the artists that I like aren't that big um yeah, and it's probably just because of the themes that they talk about within their music. What comes first for you, the the, the chicken or the egg? No, what comes first, the, <laughs> uh, the the lyrics or the music? Um, it's like when I'm writing or like when I'm listening. No, uh, well, I, I assume when you're listening, in a way, it's it's kind of a mixture of both because you know it kind of emanates out and you you know it kind of hits. And if it presumably if it doesn't resonate with you lyrically you kind of switch off from it um but when you're writing is it do you do you sit and scribble all of the time are you a are you a constant scribbler of of little words etc well actually i would say that i actually don't listen to the lyrics of a song when i hear it until about the fourth time listening to the song oh really so like when i hear a song i've got to like it audibly first and it's yeah. got to satisfy that for me to listen to it a couple more times and then be like oh my god that's what this song is about what the heck um have you ever got that very just intermitting into the middle of that very quickly have you ever got that horribly wrong yeah have you ever, i love that in a way but people always say that about my music and they always come up to me like oh, when I first touched your music, I thought it was so happy. And then I listened to it a few times and realised that you're really depressed. And I was like... That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> so true. So true. Thanks for listening to the lyrics, because not a lot of people do. Um, but when I'm writing music, I write the music first and then get the music sounding how I'm feeling to try and emulate in a sonic way the emotions that I want to portray in the lyrics and then I will the lyrics like, come from that. Oh like they'll just flow out, do you know what I mean? Over right. the top. So it's kind of like both. Cool. But that's actually the opposite way round from a lot of 
artists yeah. who per perhaps have kind of a lyrical idea first, etc. I think so it's you... because I'm also a producer, so I make. I don't just write the songs; I make the music, and I like structure it and kind of like fill everything else out. So it's kind of like an all-in-one process. Like, and I don't make the whole song and then write the whole top line. It's like sometimes I might make the musical part of like a verse or a chorus and then write loads for that part and then move on to the next part and write loads for that part like it doesn't it's not the same every time one of the things that i was intrigued with watching you live was that sound what sonically you like uh certain sounds on the guitar and yeah i was worried for a minute or two that you might actually dry up in terms of difference of sound as we between songs through. between okay. songs right but actually you managed to you managed to hold that together incredibly well because there's enough there's a subtle but enough difference in terms of the way you structure songs to make it so that it's like Oh, this one doesn't sound completely the same as the other one, right? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. But you clearly love, and I just want us to get a little bit geeky here for anybody that, you know, is really into all of that malarkey. Um, you <laughs> clearly love your, your pedal effects, etc. Yeah. So what what are you using there? I, I, you know, are you a bit definitely kind of there's a chorusy noise in there, but if you've got a bit of phaser in there as well, what are you what are you doing? So at the moment on my pedal board, I've got, um, so this is the chain, um, compression, chorus, um, reverb one, reverb two. So the first reverb is like, um, it's a Polara. It's been discontinued, but um, it's oh. a really good pedal. It's like, <laughs> not with people. <laughs> and you can still get it secondhand, but it's really good and it's got like loads of different nice presets and a reverse effect, which is what I use it for. Mm. Um and then the second reverb is a Hall of Fame reverb, which I use for Shimmer Reverb, which is kind of like the more like um long tail um airy spacey reverb. Mm. And then yeah. <laughs> and then um and then just a delay. And then okay. just a delay. Yeah. So I love yeah, that. But chorus and reverb and delay. If somebody out there who was feeling generous, a guitar uh, pedal company, was to create you a pedal that was that for Molly to play around with and become <laughs> her pedal, what what would you add into it? What what would be the ultimate kind of sound that you would be mm. looking for oh i'm really i just don't have much money so like well no that's why we're trying to get sponsorship <laughs> right <laughs> there's a there's a pedal brand called generation loss and they have like lo-fi pedals that i've wanted for so long they're also cool they're like analog pedals um and they I've all got to write this really, down. Really generation cool. loft loss lost generation lost okay no no t generation loss 
Oh, generation loss. Well, that makes sense. Yes. As in every, every like in recording, every time you record something again yeah. and again and again, you lose. Yeah, right. Um, but they have loads of cool pedals. So I probably want to do something like that. And because um, in my recording, is there a, is there a favourite pedal in the, in their collection that you would really love if you had all of the money in the world? Because um, we're going to mention it in the the bump for the podcast as it goes out, and I'll go and tag them in. And if they if they feeling generous, you never know what might arrive in the post. Just saying. It's it's um it's called like the M K I I. Um, oh no, that's it's a Mark the, Two. <laughs> the Generation Lost M K I. Yeah, M K Two. Not II, MK2, because it's got a two. Mark but the, two. I've just realized Generation Loss is the name of the pedal, not the brand. There we go. <laughs> so we need the brand at some point. So you let me know. I got them the wrong way around. It was Chase Bliss Generation Loss. Right. Chase Bliss is the brand. Generation Loss MK2 is the pedal. But that's like that, or either that or like Big Sky are my like dream pedals. If I had money, I would actually go and buy them, but I can't. Um, I well, can't. we need we need people to give you money so that you can buy pedals, so that you can do do all of this stuff, etc. Um, so, uh, so true. first and saying, how are you selling your music? Have no fear. When we were young, we were all poor. Uh, what first and saying is now that he's older, he's got money. He'd like to give you some. Um, <laughs> If if you could if you could uh, tell him oh. how you're selling your music so that um you have a tape available. I do. So like all my music's on um streaming. So it's obviously on like um Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, etc. But then it's also Bandcamp. Bandcamp. It's also on Bandcamp. Um so like it's available in higher quality on there. And then I also have cassette tapes. Um, which no one my age appreciates, but that was, you know what, doesn't matter because people I, I still think, buy. <laughs> I, think, I think I think people have, you know, I, I saw a stat, and you work. Um, you were telling me just before you came on, um, you work for a, an independent record label, and yeah. did you see the stats earlier this week for the rise in vinyl sales for the past year? I didn't. What did it say? 58% increase really? in, in the last year in wow. the UK. That's just, yeah. Um, I think Everyone people are getting, getting back into it. Yeah. I need to get my music out on vinyl, but again, can't afford to. So Yeah, yeah but cassette's just so much easier, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I love, I love a cassette. Not everyone does, but I like them. This, so my this music's behind me. This behind me, by the way, is the uh, My Music. Um, I, I need to send you a dress so you can send me something for this. But this is the My Music um, Wall of Fame. And oh. uh, and down here, I just added it the other day because I just found it again, is if I can pull it off because it's pinned to it, is oh. the uh, very first. Oh, there we go. Uh, look how, how bad this is. Uh, this is <laughs> you're going to make you laugh as well. Um, well. I'm going to see if I can get the camera up there as well. Uh, so cause you you'll have a complete appreciation of this. This was me many many yeah. years ago when I was when I was twenty. All right, so it's a long time ago. 
That's something odd years ago. Um, this was me in a band called The Colourful People. Now, clearly, we were shit at marketing because what we decided to do was have black and white photos taken of ourselves <laughs> when we were in a band called The Colourful People. And, and then I found just the other day, here we are, the first cassette tape that we put out. Which was neatly, yeah, neatly produced on, uh, I think, a Microsoft publisher back at the time. They are the colourful people. Um, oh, all in black, and, black white. and white. All in black and white again. Uh, and then it says on the inside of this, there we are, it tells you on the inside that recorded at EMP Studios, which is up in uh, Newcastle, I believe. Oh. It uh, tells you who the engineer was, etc. There's a telephone number if you want to book, book us. Um, but they are 1991. Look at that. Um, nice. But I think I think yeah, no, cassettes were great because you could okay. once once you had the master tape, you could just knock these stuff out at home. Yeah, it was nice. Thank you. Uh, vinyl has been on the rise for ten years. Why not on CD? Mm. Haven't had cassettes for over fifteen years. You just have to go and buy a cassette player again. I've just done it. <laughs> yeah, I, but no one buy cds anymore so like oh, that's a lie, if i was really. to put no no it isn't like people my age don't buy cds no one no. owns a cd player they've stopped putting them in cars if you it's, put your music out on cd you're making a loss on money it's people like me that buy cds because we're <laughs> we're of a certain age and we just we just like to you like to have these disc things it's because they make great coasters as well when you're at work um, you can, you know, use them on your on your desk as coasters. A CD. Well, you can do, yeah. If it's if it's rubbish, um, <laughs> only if it's a bad CD. I mean, otherwise, of course, point you proven. Yeah, of course, you wouldn't use it. Like Get a that. CD and use it as a as a coaster. Maybe well, I'll buy tape. I don't need to. I don't need to do that because people send me coasters. There, look, the Rocket King sent me their coaster, oh. coasters the other day. Um, uh, so did uh, Iron Maiden and uh, and oh Burning Shed, who of course are an independent record oh. company as well. There we go. Um, so I I use proper coasters. You uh, you played with uh, Ellie Dixon. That was a that was a great experience going around the country, etc. Who who would you like to play with next going around the country? Oh, it, it's such a big. Um... Big, big question. There's so many artists that I'd love to support. Um, there's an artist at the moment that I think is really, really cool. She's called Neve Bella. Um, I think it would be really cool to support her. I think her music's great. And there's two lovely women in the band, which is important to me. Um, Tell me about that. Why is that important to you? Because a lot of bands just have men, and I don't really want to support a band with all men. Mainly the fact is, I probably wouldn't have a lot of fun at all if there's only men there. Um, it's different vibes. Mm. I feel like you've got to balance the energy out. Yeah. Um, if there's no female energy, it's bad for me, and I wouldn't want to be on a tour like that personally. I like that. I get it. I mean, you obviously played when you were playing live. I saw you with a with a male bass player. So, um, you know, maybe he's got good female energy as well. <laughs> keep it in balance, you know. Yeah, he seemed like a um, nice guy. I mean, we, we had a chat afterwards. He seemed like a lovely guy. So, um, 
Yeah, but do you feel, on a serious note, probably between both the music that you make and also, you know, as a musician, but also it, doing what you do on in your day job, um, because I've been talking to a lot of artists about this recently, do you feel women are still desperately unrepresented in terms of music? Um, I would say there's statistics that... The thing is, there's there's statistics that show there is the, probably the same amount of female musicians out there, yet the amount of male musicians and male producers that are getting the support from record labels and and the artists that are making the most money and that are getting in the charts, they're mostly men. Um, there's so, there's like probably not as many women making music because the representation wasn't there for them when they were younger. So for example, me when I was younger, the only representation I had in the music industry at that time um, was big pop stars that make music about sex, do you know what I mean? And that isn't something that I wanted to do. And a lot of people would see that if that's the only representation they have in music and the music business and producers, there's just like no representation there at all. Like how are you supposed to look up and then be like, I want to do that as my career because it's made very clear to you from a young age that that is not something that you are able to do because there's no one to look up to there. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a lot of underrepresentation for women in music and in production and in studio engineers and mixing and mastering engineers and within the music industry. And it's changing slowly, but the pressure needs to be put on the people in the powerful positions to make those changes and to put women in power and women in positions where they can have more success. Because at the moment, the women are there, they're just not being given opportunities that their male peers are. Um, so do, you it's feel, do you feel like you're, you're gravitating towards other female artists, etc., that are trying to have a voice to change all of that? Um, I mean, we've had recently. I've had two artists on who are who started or are, are key members of Pop Girls. Have you heard of Pop Girls? Yeah. No. So, so we've had um, Cola, who started Pop Girls Scotland, which is a which is a group. Oh uh, yeah, I have heard of Pop. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Josephine um, Stiller as well, who's uh, been working with her, um, trying to make some change happen within the industry i mean i think it's yeah. i think it's vital that you you've got kind of those those groups happening and that you know for for people like me i feel like you know if i've got an opportunity to to represent more female artists on a program like this or or put stuff out there and make people more aware then then it's it's something that needs to happen yeah you know and I, I've seen it myself just from, say, it, working with PR companies and management companies. It's like, would you like to, would you like to interview this this uh, male band, or would you like to interview this, you know? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to source people myself sometimes, and then sometimes it's like, sometimes I've even had it where like I've spoken 
to some bigger female artists and management have been like, we're going to be really picky as to who we're going to let interview them. And it's like, but why are you making that decision? Why is the artist, why as a female artist, can they not make that decision? Yeah, it's it's hard because like there isn't, it's, it's the men in the industry who make the decisions because the men are the people in power in a lot of positions currently. And if the men don't make themselves accountable for their decisions, it's not going to change. So it's really important for people who have power to make use of their power and create opportunities for marginalized genders because they're the people that are in the positions of power. So if they don't create opportunities for women and non-binary and trans people to move up, it's always going to be men in power. And it's not an issue of, oh, like there's no, there's not enough women. Like the women are there. They're just not getting the opportunities, especially in my age group. There's so many like upcoming um, people who are working in the music industry and want opportunities, but there just isn't any being given. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but a lot of people in the music industry only get their jobs because they know someone. Um, and a lot of the time they're just like rich kids um, who know someone in the industry and they just get the job like that. So, and a lot of the time they're guys. Um, so it, it just doesn't create space and opportunities and those opportunities need to be, the space needs to be made by men in power for people to come through. And if they don't, nothing will change. I think you're absolutely right. I don't, you're right about some of those people not knowing anything about music, by the way, because I've had conversations with some people <laughs> up up there uh, about various bits of music, and it's like, never heard of it, never heard of it. Yeah. Think, like, you know, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people in charge of an industry actually understood the thing that their industry's built on. Yeah. Just imagine how much better it would be if like people that were giving the people music actually loved music. Be great. It'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? There you go. And you also um you are a fabulous uh promoter of you know, doing things right and sustainably with producing all of your own merch in a sustainable way. Yeah. Which which is good. Um, because, you know, year after year, you know, we must be seeing more and more people buy uh, band T-shirts uh, and stuff like that, which would just end up going to landfill. Personally, mm -hmm. I have bought a lot of band T-shirts. So I'll have to hold my hands up to that. And, uh, so have I. But actually, I do wear. That's all I wear. So you know, I've what got you Macy, I've got a Macy Peters one on today. Oh, um, lovely! Which which I was sent, which was rather nice. Look, I was good to you. Um, nice. <laughs> there you go. What's here's here's a question. What's the name of your band? Molly doesn't have a band. Maybe Molly. I should have put that as my name. That was a bit yeah. sleepy. But um, it's Molly Coddled. And I'm a solo artist, but I play with a band live. But it the lineup changes every time because I just use session musicians because I don't like having people have creative control over my music. 
Yeah. But but also that must make it quite fun as well to see what people bring to the table when they play. Or do do you how how controlling are you there? Do you instruct them entirely <laughs> and say uh, like the the baseline for this is this, or do you say, look, this is this is what I'm playing. I'd like you to be quite innovative over the top of it, and and you know how how structured is that? <laughs> so like when you get a session musician, usually they just play the track how it is, and um, depending so you, on the setup, yeah, they just have, learn the song. You um, have the recording. You give them the recording. That's yeah. It. Just try, yeah. So if. It, if you look for uh, Molly Coddled, um, then you will find you'll find Molly Coddled on on all oh. good streaming platforms and the oh, bad ones as well. There you <laughs> go. Oh, you want yeah? Let's. The way to do this, uh, Molly, is we can do it like this. Oh. All right. So that uh, here we go. Look at this. This is technology for you. Boom, boom, just like that. Oh, nice. <laughs> Isn't that nice? You see, now you're scrolling along at the bottom of the screen in a in a beautiful, beautiful way. Uh, but there we go. Yay. So do look up Molly Coddle. Um, but the best way, as we were saying earlier, is to go to Bandcamp and spend lots of money. <laughs> All right. So true. Uh, if, Support if, the music. Fact, if you go to Molly's uh, website, which is, um, is it mollycoddle.com? Yeah. Yeah, mollycoddle.com. Uh, go there. You can buy a T-shirt. You can buy a tote bag. You can buy the tape. Uh, you can, you know, I mean, you can fill your boots. Basically. You can watch all the music videos that I made watch, myself. You can watch all of them. Yeah, how did you do that? How did you do how, well? How did you make all of the music videos yourself? That's quite difficult. Like, you know, oh, well, sometimes I've got like the help of like a friend or like my mum. <laughs> it, it is, it is Molly as we've spelt it there down the bottom. M O double L I E. It's on the bottom of the screen. I think what, what we're going to have to do is build you, build you more of a brand so that for people that are like not aware, it's really easy. And maybe you, you love a nice little theme tune. Right, because oh. as as we mentioned last time, you did you did play uh, when I saw you, you did play the theme tune uh, to a certain TV kids TV show um, from America. Maybe you need your own like little indie TV type tune or whatever that you could play before everything, and then people could find you with that. That would be great, wouldn't it? You could almost have <laughs> Molly Coddled TV as well. Which never, never seen anyone have their own little theme song, but that could be something that I would actually do. I think I could get behind making a little theme song and then coming on stage to it every time. I think I would enjoy that. I might actually do it. I've misspelled. I've misspelled your name, have I? No, is, uh, it's no. that spelled right. That's spelled correctly on the screen. That is, that, yeah, that is it. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think something like. The, the theme to friends, but for you, would be good. You know. Dun, 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 dun. So no one told you Molly played just like this. You know, and that would be brilliant. Molly cuddled. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you see me play, I'll be coming on to a theme song. That would be excellent. That would be excellent. <laughs> 
Um, I was going to ask you before you go, I was going to ask you, so you've got these great pedals that, you know, and you've got this great sound. Where would, is there any kind of sound or music style or anything that you, where you wouldn't go? Is there, is there anything that you would say is off limits for the kind of Molly type sound or, or, or would you experiment in any particular area? I think I wouldn't want to put myself in a box like that, but there is limits like yeah. i definitely don't think i'm going to be going into like drill anytime soon no. I mean, well i grind. had i had bishop on who's a, who, who's had you know a, a couple of top 40 hits yesterday and um she said she would probably her music's kind of more r&b kind of pop flavor or whatever and she said she'd probably avoid heavy metal and maybe definitely screamo um <laughs> but you so you're you're avoiding drill that's that's yeah, yeah. I think that would be safe. Yeah. I can't see you kind of doing anything like the searches or anything like that as well. Or I don't know who that is. Yeah, really old band, really kind of, you know. I I I can't see I can't see you that. Where I could see you going um at some stage is when I was really young, we had uh we had a bossa nova and Bon Tempe organ. Right, um, which when you played it, it used a fan in order to get the notes coming out in a kind of vibrato, right? Yeah, um, and, and everything was it's like girl from Ethelfina, um, but I could see you d- using some kind of like old fashioned keyboard, like retro keyboardy kind of sound at some point. Yeah, I mean, I've got organs in some of my songs anyway. So. Yeah, I know, but like, like really kind of naff, kind of. I mean, think... I do own, I, I bought, um, I've not actually put it in any tunes, but I've got like an 80s Casio keyboard with like loads of silly sounds on it. And um, yeah, I did buy that with the intention of putting it on some tunes, oh, but we'll see, maybe sometime that. soon. <laughs> The other, the other thing that you know would, the other thing that would be good, from an audience participation point of view, is if you did your theme tune would be, to get everyone to buy one of these as merch. You, I mean, you'd probably have to try and find bamboo ones to make sure that they were sustainably sourced, um, but would be to get everyone in the audience having one oh, of these little beauties. Right? I love a kazoo. Right. Love. And have kazoo as part of your theme tune. <laughs> I could see that oh working. A, could see that working a treat. So, such a good idea, though. I might do like merch kazoos. I would totally do that. I actually would. Great with it. A little, put my little name on it and sell them for like fiver. Capitalism. Are you? Are you kazooda coddled? I don't know. You'd need to come up with some kind of little saying on it as well. You know? No one's a real fan, Molly Coddle fan, unless they've got a kazoo. I think that would be That's I think that would be absolutely perfect. Um yeah. I knew this would be a lovely, a beautiful um meeting of chaotic minds uh so today. True. And and I and I, I thank you so much for your time. And there will be some lovely little clips that come out from this which won't be the same as the, the initial ones that we put out either um i know it's just fantastic 
and that and uh, if you're um, Molly's um, employer, uh, that little <laughs> damp patch up there needs sorting out. All right, in the back. You want about that? That there, yeah, yeah. That's that that's that's salt that's coming through the brickwork from outside. Oh, yeah. lovely. That's, that's damp, damp from the outside. Um, <laughs> there we go. I know about this because we're in a hundred and forty-year-old building here ourselves. Oh. So listen, have a great. Uh, Great 2024. What are your plans for 2024? <laughs> um, release my next project, which is almost finished. Mm. So that'll be coming Ooh. out. Um, and an some e singles for it. I'm not giving anything away. Oh, not yeah, giving anything away. Well, no, why, why should you give it away? Get, get people to buy it. <laughs> you right. can buy it when it's been announced. Yeah. Give, don't give any. Follow on the away. Instagram. Get people to buy, get people to buy your music because because guitar pedals are expensive. So right. true. Can't afford um, that generation loss NK two without you buying music. I'm I'm going to look up the generation loss Mark two. Um, we're going to tag the company that make it into this. We're going to pester them for the next six months to to make you one of their sponsored artists, and so that you get one. Please let me have one. I can't afford it. I would use it every day on stage. That clip right there is going out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Molly. Um, carry you on so doing what you do. Love your music. Um, so engaging. If anyone's never seen Molly live, do go and see her. She will absolutely rock your world in terms of uh, a live gig. And it's fantastic. Um, yes. And, and please do support her by downloading buying all of the merch music and and stuff like that um if you've yes. enjoyed this today please share it with your friends family your dog your cat your tortoise even uh um if you haven't enjoyed it you're an idiot and i don't like you anymore. <laughs> and you can go bye walk away um <laughs> until next time uh when i'll be back with more artists bye for now <laughs>